Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one prize-winning pumpkin at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. That's a hell of a pumpkin. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us again today, we have Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. Hello. Hello there. What do you think? That's like a 30-pound pumpkin? Uh, well, oh, he's it's... tiny. <laughs> so, but anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Minute. 229, which starts with um, uh, Frodo continuing his little monologue, 13 months to the day since Gandalf sent us on our long journey. And it ends with Frodo looking around the green dragon um, a little pensively, a little sad. Yeah, a little longingly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, so. All right, so we're back in the Shire. So we're back in the Shire, but first... Um, Yes, I mentioned this. So originally when they left this scene, the this map, this this transition out of it, um, the original scene had the four hobbits, I guess, kind of lined up on a hill overlooking the entirety of Hobbiton, mm-hmm. which uh, hmm. Elijah Wood kind of misses because he thinks it adds more thematically to this feeling of them coming home. And it makes them initially look more separate and ties back into the scene at the, the pub. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. I like that. I actually really would have liked to have seen that. I also just I want wonder... to see more of Mary and Pippin's outfits. <laughs> I wonder if that would feel like seeing the ring wraiths, uh, or the rider, you know, maybe just the one, seeing the one horse head come into view when it's approaching the Shire mm-hmm. and how ominous that feels. I wonder if it maybe unintentionally felt a little, I don't know, foreboding to have them peering down Maybe. onto the onto the shire i don't know maybe that that's it that's the first thing that i came to mind i think score adds a lot to something like that feeling sure ominous. absolutely yeah maybe though i mean maybe i don't know who who knows what's yeah. in, in peter jackson's mind he cut it because he didn't yeah. think it felt fun i guess <laughs> <laughs> right um but I, I like this little moment we get that same grumpy guy on the edge of hobbiton mm-hmm. uh who yeah. just has such a wonderfully expressive face i love this guy um, he's just kind of scoffing at what the young people are wearing these days. <laughs> the, but we see Pippin in like his full Gondor dress outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks he, in the, the black and silver. It looks really nice. Frodo's just kind of in some nice Shire style clothes. So Sam. And then Mary kind of looks like he's stepped out of Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. That's the vibe I get for Mary's outfit. Number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Mary's he's outfit Mary feels very Mary Robin Man. Hood to me. <laughs> yeah. He's, he is the Merry Man. Yeah. It's very, um, it, it must be in the style of Rohan, right? It has yeah. to be. He's yeah. He's got this yeah. brooch, the cape. Yeah. He's got this like green quilted thing going on. Mm-hmm. I really do wish we could have seen a little bit more of these like really dress outfits because this is a callback to how Bilbo returns to the Shire and the Hobbit. Right. Yeah. All dressed mm, up yeah. fancy and all the stuff from, from the elves with his treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Causing a big hmm. ruckus. Yeah. So it's kind of cool in that way. And I kind of, I wish there was just, just a few moments more to get a good look at the costumes because they clearly, a lot of work went into designing them like this. And I just want to 
I want to see that more fully, just like I do with all the dresses mm -hmm. and all the other like really fleeting bits of costume work that's clearly impressive. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Sam and Frodo are the only two that have their elven brooches on. Uh, I think so. I, I didn't see it on Pippin or Mary, but... Yeah. None of them should have their elven brooches. Oh, we right. will get to They'll... that next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's because he's got the Gondor outfit on. I like, it's interesting to me that um, in this light, at least, it looks like uh, instead of silver on Pippin's outfit, it's more gold now. Yeah. So, like, is this, like, hmm. the fourth age transition? Maybe. It could be. Because it looks mm. different than his, um, than what he had previously. He yeah, bleh, 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 bleh. the tree is smaller. There's, yeah. a, there's like a full crown over yeah, it. There's yeah, the, there's the crown. So. Oh, that makes sense. There's now a king in Gondor, so there's a crown. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But he's got a little bit of red on him too. Yeah. Well, because they are they are members of a royal court, kind of. Oh, that's true. Mary and yeah. Pippin are. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like there. the book ending. I don't, I don't think I said it last minute when when Frodo starts narrating, but I like that it, how it's bookended with a Hobbit, you know, telling the the story. And one of the biggest things, you know, like I said, rewatching the with the theatrical versions, the biggest thing you miss is concerning Hobbits mm. um, at the beginning of Fellowship, and so and it. Of course, in the extended, it's it's back where it should be, and this gives you that feeling of of a nice bookend, like starting and, and ending with the Shire, and and seeing it the way. Uh, that's why I like this ver the way they come back to the Shire in this movie, um, seeing mm -hmm. the green and seeing everything the way it was. Yeah. Okay, so then we get to this pub scene. So this pub scene is the last thing that was filmed with the four hobbits all together, period. It was done in pickups. Wow. So okay. great scene. I love the way they kind of all regard each other here. This is great. Um, yeah. But most most of that's kind of tomorrow, the, the way they all kind yeah. of regard each yeah. other here. But... They're back in the Shire. Yes. Which means you can, you can that I'm going to I'm, I'm going to talk about the scouring. <laughs> yes. <of> the Shire. <laughs> Your time Please. has come. Because this is this is great. <laughs> like, I I love the end of this movie. I think this scene in total, including what happens, in, including everything tomorrow, um, is is powerful. It, it, it serves what it's trying to do really well. Mm -hmm. But we're we're missing out on. um the hobbits having to deal with the actual consequence of what happened in the world around them, which is, which is something missing from these movies. And I think does in fact take away from a lot of the theming of this story because no one is safe from things like Saruman and Sauron spreading across their world. Mm -hmm. You can't be to, to it spreads too far. It's too insidious. And we're dealing with it right now in the year 2020 mm -hmm. worldwide and mm -hmm. for all kinds of different reasons. Um, but there, yeah. there is no idyllic place that is safe from the spread of evil like this. Um, and in the, in the movie, they kind of sidestep this by killing Saruman early on in the, mm -hmm. in the extended anyway, but in the theatrical, that doesn't happen. We don't see Saruman die. Um, this is in the, the scouring of the Shire. Saruman shows up and as uh, petty vengeance on the hobbits, and what happened to him because of two hobbits waking up the Ents, he decides to wreck their home mm -hmm. because it's the, it's all he can do 
with what pitiful tiny bit of power he has left after Gandalf has claimed the title of the white. Um, so he, he uses the, the Sackville Bagginses and other hobbits that are jealous of, of the like kind of better off hobbits in the Shire and, and this paranoia of the outside world in general to kind of turn hobbits against each other, corrupt the Shire, uh, bring industry there and pollute their river and all this other stuff. Um, and ultimately, Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin, because of what they've been through out in the wider world, are able to rally hobbits together to to have a bit of a civil war, kind of, uh, and then wrest control of the Shire back from Saruman, but not before Saruman meets a truly poetic end being killed by Wormtongue. Yes. Literally having his throat slit in the book. Well, that kind of happens here in a roundabout way, because Wormtongue does stab him. Right. Yeah. It, it it lacks so much more. I think it lacks a lot of what makes that moment hit so hard in the book when you read it. Yeah, because it takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think it's it's more uh, it's more pitiful on Saruman's part to be talking down to the hobbits so much in that scene, as opposed to talking down to royalty. Mm-hmm. It's so much more pitiful of him to place himself in such a position of power over people that are so that previously were were so far beneath him that he did didn't even want to acknowledge them right that he didn't even want to acknowledge them and now he he feels he's stooping so low to even acknowledge them and deal out this petty vengeance in such a way stripped of his power yeah but he can still do this so he's he's laid so much lower by everything that goes on in the book i think for me it was i remember getting to that section of the, of the book and and like we have to deal with this now. Like it just (laughs) felt like um, maybe just a bit too much. Um, I I get why it's not in the movie. I think if you'd had another, you'd have to devote, you know, 15, 20 minutes to that to, they couldn't just come back and overthrow um, Saruman. And and correct me if I'm wrong. Saruman's operating under the name Sharky. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is really close. Okay to the dwarven word for wizard. Okay. Um, with, uh, what uh, is it? Shark, Sharkim or something. I can't remember what it is now without looking again, but we looked it up earlier because it it seems, yeah. Cause it it seems very much like the hobbits, the, the people of the Shire have picked up the dwarven word for wizard because the dwarves probably refer to Gandalf by that word. And have then started using that as a thing to refer to the spooky man that moved into back end. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it would just th- tonally and and to have them come back home to to a shire that's been um, we kind of see it in what the in the vision that Frodo has in the pool. Yeah, uh, with Galadriel, right? That's kind of what it's meant to be, right? The 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 shire being um um what's the term for it? Like mechanized and. Um, well, isn't it, don't they kind of, he kind of, the machines of war, like kind of industry kind of comes to, to the Shire, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like the, the scouring of the Shire, you you probably would have to realistically devote like 30 minutes to it, uh, to make it, to make it work. But I remember when I got the extended edition of Return of the King, it was something I was just like, oh, the scouring will be back. And it's just, it wasn't. (laughs) It's like, come on, Peter Jackson. You coward. (laughs) You gotta wait for that. That 25th anniversary edition. Right? Like, I also think, like, 
placing it as kind of a seed in the mirror of Galadriel and then not paying it off in the movie kind of feels wrong to me. I think yeah. that um, it underscores what she says, though, about like how some things in the mirror are it's it's like almost like an alternate future. Yeah. Um, mm, and I yeah. think if they hadn't acknowledged it at all, I don't know. There's there's no way to win, really, because mm. like you don't have it. People are mad. You have it. People are mad. Like, <laughs> but people are just like this movie is is so long. Yeah. 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 But you're already you're already at the four hour mark. Come on. What's another 30 minutes? <laughs> What's another thirty minutes? He says. Yeah. When we're two two hundred and twenty nine minutes into the movie. <laughs> but uh, as much as uh, as much as I harp on the the Tom Bombadil thing, like the Scouring the Shire is a thing that uh. I miss actually the most from these movies, uh, because I think it it's the the Scouring of the Shire is taking the the entire saga of of Lord of the Rings from outside the Shire and kind of taking all of the themes and everything that Tolkien did all the way outside. And doing it back home to show that, like, the hobbits have to grow into this age, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I think I think that um, it's, uh, yes, the, the message is, is a little different. Um, I think the, the themes of being changed by your experiences um, um, are communicated effectively in this scene with the uh, with the four of them at the Green Dragon and how they're quiet and pensive and everything around them feels a little alien but also yeah. familiar. Yeah. Um, I it's much more internal. Yes. Um, which I think uh, mirrors like Frodo's struggle with the ring, um, a little better than having like the Shire just like fall to pieces around them you know yeah so it's like i think it's more um it's a more like modern interpretation of like soldiers coming home from war because like when with with tolkien's experience about like you know world war one yeah and then world war two like those were like monumentally like they, they like fundamentally changed like human history yeah um you know for better or worse <laughs> So that is is like an event that you have to reckon with both like at home and and abroad and and everything else. Yeah. Um but as far like when these movies were coming out um like post 9/11, you know? Yeah. So like that is still a conflict, but I think it's it's further removed from like your like the general public's consciousness, I guess. So like them coming home and kind of dealing with their adventure and how that has changed them and kind of feeling outside their old life to me speaks more like a modern like soldiers coming home from Afghanistan or Iraq um and and dealing with like their experiences like yeah. you know their PTSD and all like you know as, like assimilating i guess reassimilating yeah i think uh, i think Elijah Wood in the in the commentary says it's more like a soldier coming home from Vietnam yes yeah that too mm, okay um, well i think next week uh frodo will say you know you can never really go go home yeah or something yeah. to that effect there's uh, no home to go back that's to. a big part of yeah um, i'll have notes on that for tomorrow um but did one one question i do have is you know we see the the hobbits around them in the green dragon they're celebrating you know it's they've got this big you know, pumpkin to to carve up or or you know whatever they're going to do with it, and they're celebrating. I think someone says, "Watch and... the pumpkin." <laughs> uh, 
He bumps into Frodo. Um, Watch the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he like polishes it. Yeah. He's so yeah. proud of his baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like part of me wonders, do they ever find out what what these four went through? You know, do they do they read the book that, that Frodo's writing? Um, part of me just thinks they'll can you know, I think the point is like they'll continue their lives kind of ignorant about what these four went through and they'll talk about it. I'm sure it'll be kind of rumored, you know, kind of same with, with Bilbo, like, Oh, there, he was just a weird guy and he went off for a, an adventure once and came back and yeah, he was always kind of weird afterwards. And I'm sure these four will get similar treatment. Um, but I do kind of wish there was maybe a middle ground between scouring of the Shire and this where, the the rest of Hobbiton like understands what they went through for them in a way, but but not not directly as as a result of you know being um, I don't know uh, subjugated by Saruman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because this is the way this is done in the movie is is less violent, but I think in a lot of ways it's sadder. Yeah. Mm. For these four, for sure, for Frodo yeah. especially, yeah. But yeah, no, I think um, I I like that it's a little melancholic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it it fits a little better with the movies at least. Um, because like you know, this whole time, uh, Sam and Frodo at least have been um thinking about the Shire and like recalling the Shire and using it as uh inspiration when like in during their adventure you know like we're Mm -hmm. doing this for our home like we we need to go back home so like now that they're here and it's not what they expected it to be or or it is exactly what they expected it to be but they have grown so far outside of that yeah right um, well, Sam and Frodo, uh, Sam and Mary and Pippin will settle back into their lives. Here. Yeah, eventually. But it um, takes them time. But yeah. Frodo, Frodo never feels at home. But that resonates with me as mm. like someone who like left my hometown and then like occasionally visits. <laughs> it's just like, you know, there's like a nostalgia for a time that you can never go back to. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, a- Alan Lee says that he feels he feels like this anytime he goes to his home little village in England. Yeah. Yeah. Just like he's so separated from it. Right. So, I don't know, it works for me. Mm. I think the yeah. scouring of the Shire would be too much here. I agree. Yeah, I miss it so much. No, though. I I know. I know. <laughs> but like yeah. it's 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 difficult to like figure out what you're going to work towards including in an adaptation and what's you're going to what you're going to cut. Yeah. Um and I think that the book at least has a lot more time to breathe. Yeah. Um 100%. And, and plus with a book you can see how much longer you have. Right. With <laughs> right? a, at the movie theater you can't just like hit pause and look at the track right, and right, right. Time you got left. So like they destroy the ring in chapter 4 and there's like six other chapters left you're like, "Oh my god, what is left?" you know? What is happening? So yeah. what else is there to do? <laughs> but they did it. Yeah. With this though, it's it's difficult to kind of keep that balance of being true to to what you're adapting and and also making it work in this medium. Yeah. 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 I both agree and disagree. Like I don't think it would work, yeah. but I understand why you miss it. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. I'd I'd like to see it cinematically, but not at the end of a, you know, four hour movie. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it's not even yeah. in the um that crazy animated one we saw. <laughs> right. No, then you, you then I was going to ask. I, you I have to push Sheila back into two towers to do scouring and return right, to the right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Which that just messes up the all structure. two towers. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then you're just adding thirty minutes to the end of that movie. Right. Well, if I mean, like, if you had made Shelob, like, if you'd had Shelob in Two Towers, you could have had, um, like, Virtuous Faramir, like we were talking about. Right, we talked about with Mary Clay. Clay. But, like, also, there's no, there's no tension in this movie. Right, then there's no tension for Sam and Frodo until (laughs) Shelob. It's all very internal, so, like, it's hard to find the balance there. Hmm. I want some cinematic fantasy violence. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, but like doing a 30 minute action scene with Shelob on top of the 45 minute action scene of Helm's Deep feels superfluous. Yes. Yeah. That feels exhausting. Yeah. Just, yeah. About just like putting those two things in the same movie. It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I've said my piece on the scouring and tomorrow we'll talk about why this scene is good on its own merits. I mean, I thought you were going to, yeah. I thought it was going to be way longer. <laughs> Uh, way more aggro i'm I'm like (laughs) there's just there's just not a lot else in this in this minute yeah i do like this guy with the pumpkin and just that pumps into frodo and he's polishing oh yeah like i think this guy's great for real though like that pumpkin even though they're they're hobbit size that pumpkin is massive yeah it's probably like 40 pounds (laughs) it's a big pumpkin. he should be struggling a lot more with it than i think he is Mm -hmm. hobbits are just tough i guess i guess so yeah they are hardy folk it must be like plastic. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> oh, wax yeah. fruit, right? Like that's this just a big wax pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. Cuz yeah. It probably weighs like 10 pounds. <laughs> I love that he polishes it. It's, it's so <laughs> so so proud of it's it. It's the best. It's half his size. This is a blue ribbon pumpkin. Yeah, right? it's, it's the size of his torso. <laughs> right? We get that same expressive face guy in the corner pointing at the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Yep. He doesn't look impressed. He's like, my grandfather made a pumpkin five times that size. <laughs> I feel like with the audio on, you can hear that guy say, like, save it or something to that. It sounds like that. So yeah. maybe that's funny. I don't know what part of the pumpkin he wants saved for him, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just. That's a lot of pies. <laughs> that is a lot yeah. of pies. And, you know, they'll eat them all in one day. Oh, yeah. They're hobbits. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. They have a pumpkin festival, and then two weeks later, there's a pumpkin pie festival. Right. <laughs> Look at all the pumpkins. Now we eat all the pumpkins. <laughs> just imagine, like a turkey, like a like a, a full size turkey, like for Thanksgiving, is mm-hmm. just a gigantic animal for a hobbit to eat. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's when you settle down with like your fifty relatives, and like, and how do you how do you wrangle geese as a hobbit if you're like raising geese for food? <laughs> Yeah, That's... that animal is as big as you and mean. <laughs> it's got terrible teeth on its tongue. <laughs> Geese are scared. How do you keep any livestock animal for food Dude, as a hobbit? Now These I'm... animals are gigantic to you. Now I'm just picturing uh, a young Mary and a young Pippin trying to wrangle a goose together and <laughs> trying to steal oh, a goose from Farmer Maggot. Yeah, and it's yeah. pretty great, but. <laughs> You're welcome. Maybe that's why they stick to like 
at the beginning of this minute, we see some sheep in the background. I think they may, maybe they just stick to more docile mm-hmm. animals. And... Yeah, but can you imagine accidentally pissing off a bull when you're a hobbit? Oh, no. Because <laughs> they have oxes. They, they, yes. use, they use oxes. Yeah. Oxen. oxen. They have oxen. They use them to plow fields. We see something concerning hobbits. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm glad we're back in the Shire. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I like it the... feels home. It feels, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like when Frodo says we were home, like yeah. he yeah. says it with such like, I don't know. There's a lot of emotion in that word. Yeah. And it works. I don't I don't think any any score from this movie makes me feel more comfortable than concerning Hobbits. Mm. Yes. That's why I think that's my favorite section of Fellowship. I just, I, I love that. And that, and that's part of why I love uh, the first Hobbit movie so much. The mm-hmm. other two can, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I like that that first movie so much because it does start with with so much of what feels, you know, home. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I mean, the first time I saw. I've only I've only seen those once in theaters, but when I yeah. saw the first one, I was just like, "Oh my god!" I was so hyped, and then the right. second one was just like, "Okay." I liked yep. the first one enough <laughs> that I saw it twice in theaters. So, mm. I saw it the second time in 3D. Was it good? Mm. Uh, it it was it was pretty decent. There's just um when Gandalf cracks the rock and reveals the light to turn the trolls to stone. Mm. Yeah, that was painful in 3D. Oof. That was that was too oh. much. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, the 3D was good. But just that one moment was just like, oh no, God, why? No, I'm a troll. Why did you? Why did you put this effect around this light? Yeah. Please, no. <laughs> but I think that is today's minute. Uh, we're from the website duelinggenre.com. If you have thoughts, feelings, uh, emotions, those are the same thing, but also different um about the scouring of the shire or or this ending or this movie in general we are wrapping up you know our discussion of this movie in general and the trilogy as a whole Mm -hmm. um so if you want to share uh any of your thoughts with us uh the easiest way to do so is in our facebook listener group the fellowship of the mic uh we're also on twitter at lotr minute tweet us um send us your your thoughts and it's fun to interact with you guys. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I will miss the most about doing this uh, as as frequently as we do because there's just, like, so much content with which to, like, interact with people with, you know? Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. That's one of the good things about this format. <laughs> it's, like, all the weird inside <laughs> jokes. Yeah, um, definitely. Also, if you uh, have something that you want us to talk about during wrap-up week, uh, we're still gathering suggestions so drop us a suggestion and we will give you a shout out during one of the episodes we do our wrap-up and yeah we got one really good one that's almost certainly going to be the entire wrap-up episode yeah yeah i'm excited about that we're doing research so (laughs) it'll be fun um but yeah you can reach us there i thank you very much for listening as always and we'll be back tomorrow to finish out the week Bye. bye